Breaking news, we are just off session highs a second ago. The Dow hit a high of a gain of 824 points. Look at the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ up 498. We hit a high of a gain of 505 points. Even though it is the best day for the NASDAQ since April of 2020, uncertainty, and you guys know this, abounds. Markets reflecting mass investor confusion. There is arguably no one better to tackle this investment climate than the CEO of the world's largest asset manager. Joining us now in a Fox Business exclusive, Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, along with Charlie Gasparino. Larry, uh, this is a perfect day for you to be here. Thanks for coming. You're Great the reason why the market's up. Yeah. I hope so. Um, I don't think so, though. <laughs> Um, listen, the, the market's up today. That's great. We don't. We love seeing green, but we're in very treacherous territory. I think you would agree. Um, you know, I've people don't know a lot about you, but you you've been through forty years of market ups, downs, crises. You were a bond trader. You created BlackRock from zero. It's nine trillion. You've seen it all. You were in the middle of the financial crisis. How would you like rate what's going on now with Russia, with inflation, with all the stuff that's going on in Europe, with I guess 2008 or any of the other ones. I think this is potentially much broader and, and, and bigger for the global world. Um, since 1990, the, with the dismemberment of the Soviet Union, um, the world benefited from this incredible peace dividend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this peace dividend created opportunities for American firms worldwide. We expanded globally. Right. We, we, you know, we were able to expand and build and, and do amazing things, and as did other countries were able to do that. But also importantly, you know, we raised the standard of living for the entire world. That peace dividend is now over. And this is a big seismic change. We now have to be much more thoughtful about geopolitical issues. I think the biggest implication for the Russian invasion to Ukraine and the, and the right. response is we're all waking up to all these dependencies. Right. Europe was too dependent on Russia oil and gas. And every company I'm talking to right now are asking themselves, where are our other dependencies? Right. So this is not just, obviously, we have the horrificness of what's going on in Ukraine. We see the, the mass destruction. We see, you know, lives being destroyed. But the implications of this is going to mean that every company is going to reevaluate where they're building things, where they're manufacturing right. things. It really means it's going to be... Uh, and we, we witnessed even before the, the, the war, we witnessed supply chain problems worldwide. Right. And I actually believe it's going to change how we think about so, supply chains and it's going to be highly inflationary. Yeah. And it's going to it, 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 it really can lead to, you know, ultimately great outcomes in, in the next three to four year period of time. It's going to lead See, to big issues. I think this is a, this is a headline right here. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because Larry Fink has seen you've seen it all. You think what's the unraveling of the relationship between the West and Russia, and maybe even China going forward, could be is more treacherous than what happened during the financial crisis? Yeah, because the financial crisis obviously um, destroyed banks and right. a lot of people's livelihood who had leverage. Right. But keep in mind, when you see the increase of wheat to the extent it is, and what it's going to mean to food prices for everybody, right. when you see the increases of gasoline and what it means for everybody in heating, this is not just 
a segment of the right. economy or a segment of the world. This is the entire world. This is going to be impacting everybody. This is so regressive for so many people who are in need, who can't afford the rise of gas or rise of food. This is much more impactful than somebody who was leveraged in mortgages. Right. And, and, you know, and so that was a segment of the society that were destroyed. This is more... Uh, pernicious and troublesome that it, it affects everybody and in the world. And how long does so it last? Let me, just, let me just ask this. How long does it last? Um, well, let's see what the, what the ultimate outcome in, in, in Ukraine is. Um, you know, we are going to find new supplies of oil elsewhere. Maybe OPEC will begin to raise right. their production. The U.S. will re-begin to invest again back into our, our, in our energy fields. Right. Uh, high energy prices is going to accelerate decarbonization. People, more and more people say, I can't afford gas, I'm going to buy an EV. So we're going to see behavior changes. And over the time, the next three or four years, we are going to see less dependencies, which is really good for the world. We're going to have a better mix of energy between hydrocarbons and renewables. And so it's about a two to three year possible uncertainty, but I actually love where we're going. Yeah. But it's going to be treacherous in between. Well, you're making a bet that that will be the response. I would agree with you, but I don't think other people agree. I would say people are looking and saying, I can't go to the gas station anymore. It's too expensive. I'm buying an EV. We are seeing some of that. But on the other side, you're hearing people say, start drilling here Absolutely. Again. Do you agree with that? But, Liz, we are drilling. Let's be clear. So let, let, let's talk about what has happened in the energy sector in the United States. From 2013 to 2017, we invested 40 percent higher than any other time. We over-invested, and we saw a lot of losses in a lot of the startup companies, a lot of the shell yeah. companies. And then as a reaction to the over-investment, the last four years, we under-invested by 40 percent. And so... Much of it has to do with these cycles that people have missed. In my CEO letters, I've always said, if we're going to have an energy transition, it has to be fair and just. This is not fair and just. And I said, you should never divest of energy companies. We have to be working with them. I have meetings at least once a week with one or two different CEOs from the energy industry. How they can decarbonize, but at the same time, how can we invest with them so we have a fair and just transition, so we could have the amount of energy that we need, so we could have independence. But in the, and, but and in the short people, term, is it 175 a barrel? Is it 180? Is it 110? I, I, no, I don't. I think it's going to be elevated for a long time until we we have these corrections. And so, you know, you know, the, the, we are going to have to be living with higher energy prices like we did in the early 80s. Early 80s, I mean, energy got as high as 149. I don't expect that to be the case. Yeah. But could we see energy between 90 and 110 dollars with maybe occasional spikes? Certainly. But I do believe over time we're going to find that substitution and maybe there's going to have to be some type of, you know, in Europe right now there is fiscal stimulus to helping the consumers in higher energy and heating costs. That's already happening in the, in the transition. People forget that you are for a transition. They think you're some, I mean, I mean you get beat up by the left and the right. I mean, how did, how did that not get through? They didn't read my letters. <laughs> I did, the last one. <laughs> Larry, stay right here. Okay. We've got much more ahead, and I, I do want to point this out. Your employees and your company and you have donated about $1.8 million over BlackRock to the situation in Ukraine yes. to help in the humanitarian crisis. The Red Cross is working 24-7 to support and comfort those affected by the crisis. Join Fox in support. Will you join Fox in supporting? <laughs>
Red Cross relief efforts. You can donate now by going to redcross.org slash Fox Forward. Uh, more with our exclusive interview with Larry Fink after the break.